Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone is having an absolutely wonderful day today. It has been an interesting day. If you guys have seen the markets, apparently a lot of these hedge funds individuals and a lot of these big investors have absolutely come unglued and irritated because of what happened with Reddit and GameStop and everything last week. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who's heavy in the markets yesterday, and he told me after what he saw with silver, he said, watch out in a lot of the metals markets. He goes, because they're probably going to do super aggressive shorts, not just to make money, because you've got to remember a lot of these hedge funds and a lot of these huge investment firms, they're, they're worth tens of billions of dollars, some of them even more, and they make insane amount of money. It wasn't that the hedge fund, you know, and Citadel and all that got busted and, you know, Robin Hood basically had to shut down and all the stuff that happened. It wasn't just that. And they lost, you know, what, $10, $12 billion on that short GameStop. It was the fact that they actually got called on their bluff and they got made fun of in, in front of the entire country. I mean, there were memes all over the place on social media about Citadel, about Robin Hood, about hedge funds. I mean, they were, they were literally the laughing stock of the country for two or three days. And apparently, from what I've been told now, they are unbelievably mad, not about the money, but because they basically got made fun of and they were the butt of a giant joke and they lost a bunch of money on top of that. So now what they're doing is they're showing the entire country that they own the market right when early trading started at 4 o'clock. They have aggressively shorted the gold market, pushed it down almost $50 an ounce. Now, everybody knows gold is very, very, very valuable right now, especially because of how volatile the market is. Now, ironically, Bitcoin has actually gone down this morning, even though it had a huge spike last night, but a lot of the other cryptos have still moved around. They're constantly trying to push everything into the cryptocurrency because that's going to be the new world order. Now, if you're in that market, if you're in the stock market, if you're playing with cryptos, if you're making a bunch of money off of them, by all means, if you know what you're doing with that. I've, I've never discouraged anybody from not, you know, from making money. Uh, but just understand that it's a very, very volatile market right now and it can go up real fast and it can also go down real fast. And so I've already looked at basically a lot of the physical gold prices and the physical silver prices and it's ironic because even though the metal market has literally been shorted i mean silver i think was 25 26 uh, a little bit ago the premiums haven't gone down you can't buy anything for any cheaper than you could three four days ago at all anywhere for physical silver or gold and that's because everybody that's holding a lot of these metals realizes that the disconnect between paper and physical is so vast right now and i was talking to dad about it last night i said if they really wanted to call these guys bluff all these big investors instead of constantly closing out these contracts they put put options on them and basically close them out in physical say no this is this is my option i want physical delivery you know i bought thousand ounces of gold i want a thousand ounces of gold i want ten thousand ounces of silver and if you had some of these huge investors actually start doing that it would absolutely tighten up everything that's going on with the metals market but again a lot of these individuals are still so invested in it they would rather make the money instead of take the physical delivery however that eventually is going to change when the disconnect becomes so big that it's going to be more profitable to take it out in physical and take delivery of it and then turn around and sell it if you want 
because you're going to have a hundred percent premium. So interesting things to watch right now. A lot of stuff going on as always. Also to something I wanted to bring up. This is something that nobody has really talked about in the banking world. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, you guys know they pretty much are very, very much tied to the World Bank and they oversee the entire global economy. These guys are pretty much the globalist bankers that I refer to, the Rothschilds, they control all the central banks in essence on what they want to dictate policy. Well, an article came out the very end of last year. It was actually a blog post courtesy of the IMF. IMF direct researchers Arnold Boot, Peter Hoffman, Luke Laven, and Lee Rutowski called for an internet search history to be tied to the credit score of all U.S. citizens. Kid you not. This has gotten very, very little coverage whatsoever, and it's finally now starting to get viewed. They said they presented their findings from a paper they wrote for the IMF. The researchers argued that by using non-financial data specifically, and I quote, the history of online searches and purchases, we can solve the problem of certain kinds of people not having enough hard data available, i.e. income, employment time, assets, and debts. The author of the piece claimed that the move is extremely necessary in order to compete with the rise of corporate cryptocurrencies. There you go. The International Monetary Fund is a superpower with ties to the World Bank, and they oversee the entire global economy, with private banks, notably J.P. Morgan and Chase Bank, already kicking conservatives off of their services. One can only imagine how this would escalate with the IMF trekking everyone's search history. Meanwhile, head of the IMF, Christine Georgieva, I'm sorry I butchered that, has publicly advocated for the Great Reset Initiative. The Great Reset Initiative is a plan by the World Economic Forum to, and I quote, build a new social contract that honors the dignity of every human being. Now, that sounds like all rainbows and sherbet, but it's absolutely not that whatsoever. What it means is, as the World Economic Forum has blatantly stated on their last release, uh, I think it was middle of last summer, you will own nothing and you will like it. That's a direct quote from them from what they said. One slogan employed by the World Economic Forum as well is build back better. And now anti-conservative banking institutions using big tech to monitor people's search history isn't the most comforting idea to say the least. So what now they want to do is they want to allow the World Bank essentially, the International Monetary Fund, to have access through Google through Facebook, to all of your online searches and purchases. Now, why would they possibly want to do that? This is what they're saying now, is that as so many people are starting to make so much money in cryptocurrency, people are still making a lot of money via cash transactions, and still a lot of people you know, decide they don't want to pay taxes on cash. This is what some people do. It's the same thing with cryptocurrencies, not wanting to pay taxes on cryptocurrency you know, funds that they make a large amount of money in. So all of a sudden, they look at your Google search, okay? So six months ago, you're Googling – New new Corolla prices, new Toyota Corolla prices. How can I get the best deal on a Toyota Corolla? How can I get the best de- uh, you know deal on a Honda Civic? Right, great cars, great reliability, great long term resale. Well, then all of a sudden, six months later, you get involved in cryptocurrency like some of these guys, and you've now made a couple hundred thousand dollars. Now all of a sudden, you start googling how basically to get a great deal on a Ferrari. Well, well, IMF's going to go whoa 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 whoa. This kid was looking at Corollas and Honda Civic six months ago. Now he's looking at Ferrari 488s. Well, what? How's this kid making all this money? 
we need to find out what he's doing. And they open a full-blown investigation into you and how you are all of a sudden able to afford a you know $200,000 Ferrari. This is exactly what they're planning on doing. They want to know everything you look at, everything you buy, everything you talk about, everything you even think about getting in the future. This will allow them to not only – do predictive programming on where you're going to go. This will allow them to manipulate, tax, and control everything you do. So interesting things to look at with what's going on right now. And that's why I encourage everybody, continue to use gold and silver. Continue to use cash. The longer that we can still keep a demand for a untraceable currency, so to speak, and I don't mean that in a nefarious way. I mean that in a private way. I don't want the IMF knowing what I'm buying. I don't, nobody needs to know what I buy. Nobody needs to know what I'm interested in. Nobody needs to have a right to basically go access my search history. This is why I've encouraged many of people to use different platforms that don't track you and monitor you, like DuckDuckGo, and there's a few other ones on there. And I know some people say, oh, well, DuckDuckGo, they still monitor you. If you're on the, online, you're getting monitored to some extent. I mean, just understand that. But remember, Google – 90% of the world traffic on the Internet goes through Google. They monitor, data log, trace, and drop cookies on every single keystroke you make. You can watch Snowden and get a very grim detail of that. So as much is as, as little bit, at least as little bit of privacy as you can add, a small layer, if not more, onto your online searches, it's that much better because Google, not only do they monitor everything, they sell all your data. Their market cap is over a trillion Dollars, Google, Alphabet, the company that owns Google. The only way you're worth that much money is by data. Data logging is an unbelievably huge industry, and I've talked about it in detail, so I'm not going to be redundant again. The last month I talked about it in detail on how much your information's worth, how much your emails worth, how much your search history is worth. They break it down and show everybody. This is why I've told people it drives me up the wall when I've done interviews before, and people want to use like you know Google Meet and stuff like that. I, Skype's bad enough. It's owned by Microsoft, and there's other ones now that they're coming out with that are basically encrypted. But why in the world am I going to do interviews and I'm going to do Google Meet and download that on my iPad? I already try to keep my iPad as scrubbed as possible, keep all the cookies turned off, do not allow permissions on anything. If I have to allow something, I use it for a specific time. The camera stays covered up unless I'm using it. People go, oh, Austin, you're paranoid. I'm not paranoid. I just value my privacy. If you want to call that paranoid, call that paranoid. But 20, 30 years ago, you tell me that what they're going to do now and what they're monitoring now and what they're watching now and what they're recording now, and you would tell me that 20, 30 years ago? you tell you that 20, 30 years ago? You would go, that's nuts. That's total tyrannical authoritative government, big brother watching you. Now it's business as usual and nobody even bats an eye. So, again, try to maintain some level of privacy in your life and try to continue to use some type of monetary form, in some cases at least, when you can, that allow you not to be monitored and traced as best as possible. That's at least my opinion. What do you think, Deb? I think you're 100% right. Many, many years ago, I had my credit frozen about 20 years ago, and that's just a very basic step that all of you can do. You've got to contact the credit report, according to agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, and, and basically ask them. There's one more. I can't remember the name of it. You have to ask them to freeze your credit. That means nobody looks at your credit. In fact, you can't even look at your credit. The only way you can look at your credit or have somebody else look at your credit, you have to give them a PIN number, and you have to unfreeze your credit. And that really, really helps stop a lot of this. 
because then you don't get, you know, all these brochures in the mail from financial planners and everything else because they sell your credit. So it's one of those things that you've got to understand that's been going on for a long, long time. They're just refining it. You know, and it goes back to the Babylonian money magic. Now, yesterday I covered a lot of scripture. I'm going to cover a little bit of scripture today, but it goes back to the Babylonian money magic in which they make money out of nothing. And they see money or currency as an energy flow. They don't really see it as paper or gold or silver. It's just basically something they get to manipulate through energy. And if you understand that, you understand what the Bible talks about when it talks about in Ephesians 11, 6, chapter 6, 11, about you know, the, what are the wiles of the devil, how to protect yourself against the wiles of the devil. Yesterday, I talked about how Jesus had come to save us. You know, when, when, we, when we basically are separated from God because of sin in our life, we're missing the mark of God's word or not doing what we need to do and being completely and totally manipulated on an ongoing basis by the evil one, you know, this is the wiles of the devil. And that's why I said yesterday, you know, Jesus Christ came to save us from all of this mess. He came us to restore us, to make us the same energy field as God, the same, you know, to have the ability to have a blood covenant with the Most High God through Jesus Christ. Now, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, you got to hear it because it's going to tie together with what we're talking about today. But the wiles of the devil that they talk about in Ephesians chapter 6, 11, you know, it's also, there's several things about this. You know, it could be challenging God's word. It can also be challenging our identity, Luke 4, 1 through 13, challenging God's word, Genesis 3. It can be basically twisting scripture, like it talks about Luke 4, 11, 10 through 11, you know, and all the different things that happens. You know, what happens is with, with, with Lucifer, or, you know, yesterday we said you, know, you could call him whatever you wanted to call him. I really don't have a problem with any of that, just as long as you realize he's not from around here. He's here to come rob, kill, steal, and destroy. That's the deal. That's what he's here for. Satan runs about as a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. Remember, he's not omnipresent. If he was omnipresent, he never would have crucified the son of glory. He can't. He wants to use 5G computer networks tied into a D-wave computer to make himself omnipresent on this planet, which he's probably done to multiple other civilizations and multiple other worlds. Just thought I'd mention that to you guys because it's so important to understand this is a cosmic battle that we're all involved in. Now, so let's take a look at a couple of things here that's going on. You know, what we have to realize is that they set up the Schofield Bible over 100 years ago to basically take the Christians out so Christians would become Zionists, so Christians would no longer want to say things, you know, concerning certain topics because they've been trained by their universities and their seminaries to basically believe the Schofield Bible commentary. Now, the word of God is always right, you know, unless it's been basically changed because of political correctness, then it's being twisted again. But we have to understand that we have to look at the word and look at it from what it says. And we covered a lot of scripture yesterday. But we also need to realize is that these central bankers, that they control the planet. Remember what the infamous quote was, of Mayor Amschel Rothschild, he was born in 1744, was brought into the Sabbatane Zevi Satanic Rothschild Cabal by Jacob Frank, and he died in 1812. Remember this guy, he, he basically said, give me control of a nation's money and I care not who makes the laws. Why would he say that? Well, it's simple. When you control a nation's money, you control the ability of issuing credit. 
You control inflation, deflation, recession, all of it. Because you can contract the money supply, you can increase the money supply, and you can also buy congressmen, senators, judiciary, all of it, through bribes, through campaign contributions. In other words, when you control the money, you can do whatever you want to do as far as bringing in whoever you want to bring into the Senate or the House. Now, why would I say that? When you have dual citizens in Congress, some 60 of them, it's because somebody funded their campaigns. Somebody bought them a whole bunch of media exposure. Somebody went in and destroyed the opposition and the people running against them, and they could have told all kinds of lies. It doesn't make any difference what they say, apparently, in political theater today in the United States. Everybody seems to lie about everybody else. Look what the media that's Rothschild controlled did to Donald Trump. Now, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. You guys know that. I've told you that you know a dozen times, hundreds of times. But the reality is look what they did when they focused their attention. They can do the same thing in a political election, in a political campaign. They can make one person seem like you know the greatest person on the planet, the next person a complete and total nightmare. They can leak a story like, well, Jeff so-and-so, you know, he's running for Congress in this seat. You know, they're investigating him right now for child porn. Whoa! It's not even true. And then, you know, after the campaign, well, the investigation, you know, never really got started about the child porn. Apparently, he wasn't involved in child porn, but he already lost the election. That's over with. So they can say anything they want and then basically retract the story. This is why this is malice in the media. And it's supposed to be absence of malice when you basically promote a story, which is what it was supposed to be for many, many years. But it's not anymore. People can say whatever they want to say, just make up stuff about people. It's the nuttiest stuff you've ever seen. The problem is, is when these guys have the money, they can do this. Now, what we have to look at is this. We've got to take a look at the deep state. Now, the deep state that everybody talks about that nobody wants to mention is exactly what Austin talked about today. It's the IMF. It's the World Bank. It's the Bank for International Settlements. It's the UN. It's the World Economic Forum and all the major corporations that are controlled via BlackRock, via the Rothschild banking cartel, which controls pretty much 95% of all blue chips. You know, they are also controlling big tech, the military industrial complex, the top military intelligence brass, all of this stuff. And what they've decided pretty much at this point is to hook their cart now to China to make it the next global superpower. Now, because they already control China because they control the Chinese Central Bank. Always remember that. The same group controls the U.S. Central Bank and China Central Bank. Well, they've sucked all the life out of the United States now and put us incredibly into debt. Well, it's time to move on to China now. And so we need to realize this is what's happening. And, and if you don't understand this, it's not really – it's so basic as to what they're doing. We we have to understand they've proven this international bank and also just just showed talked about it today with the naked shorts on silver and gold. They can pull the plug on us anytime they want, right? How how difficult has it become now to start up a business in New York or anywhere any place in the United States? I mean, these international bankers they can just shut your business down. Remember, I told you guys back in February of last year. People kept saying, well, who's closing everything down? I said, it's the international banking community. They're the only one that has that kind of power. Nobody else has that kind of power. So you can shut down a small business or a mid-sized business, do whatever you want. And we have to understand something. These central intelligence agencies, Mossad, CIA, MI6, 
they're all tied together with the international banking cartels. So if, you know, if you've got top brass of the Pentagon, the Air Force, the Marines, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the NSA, the FBI, the CIA, and you have all of them on their faces of the websites GINZA or the FDD, this is the Foundation for Defense of Democracies, and GINZA, that's another really, really nice one. I, I, you, know, you know what's so funny about this? When you look up GINZA, here's GINZA. And, and you guys, I posted this on our website. Here's GINZA. The Jewish Institute for National Security of America is dedicated to educating congressional, military, and civilian national security decision makers on American defense and strategy interests, primarily in the Middle East, the cornerstone of which is a robust U.S.-Israeli security operation. Ginger believes that a strong American military and national security posture is the best guarantee of peace and survival of our values and our civilization. You think, well, whatever, that doesn't mean anything. Well, you got to start looking at the people they've got in this. Lieutenant General William P. Caldwell, General Kevin P. Children, Admiral Bruce Gilligan, okay? All of this, if Lieutenant General Godfrey Korn, uh, Colonel Ian Corey, General James T. Conway, United States Marine Corps, retired. Admiral Kirkland H. Donald, Major General Rick Devereaux, Lieutenant David General David Depulo. It looks like a doggone list of American generals and admirals, all part of this. Okay, you, I posted this on the website so you can see it. You think, well, that seems nuts. Well, yeah, I know it seems nuts, but it just is what it is. And so what you have it here is the top generals and the heads of these intelligence agencies. They're basically sp- despised for the Mossad, period. Look what Jeffrey Epstein did with Mossad and blackmailing all these congressmen. So if you look at what's going on here, this Mossad organization, MI6, CIA, they're all working together to parasitize the country. They steal our military secrets. We just had two of these Israeli spies released a few weeks ago by Donald Trump and pardoned. They steal the economic secrets. They steal computer technology. Then they turn back around, these central intelligence agencies, and they sell it to China or they sell it to Russia or they sell it to Iran. Whatever they do, they sell it everywhere. Why? Because it's what they're being paid to do by Black Cube, by Mossad. Oh, I should have mentioned Black Cube, should I? Or Mossad or MI6 or CIA. And so we have to understand that this, this is all done through bribes, blackmail, you know, intermarriage. And if we don't get the fact that the city of London is an instrument of the Rothschild banking cartel and was taken over after the Napoleonic Wars and they bet it short and went long and all the different things they did to take over the stock market when the Napoleonic Wars were happening between England and France. You guys can do your own research on that. But this is where we are. And, and Donald Trump is all part of that. Remember when he used Cambridge Analytica? Yeah. Yeah, to help push the results of the election back in 2016, and Cambridge Analytica was eventually shut down because they were using Facebook data, exactly what Austin was talking about, to manipulate and influence people as far as pushing and putting things on people's computers, doing all the different things to promote certain types of voting. This is what's going on right now. And what we have here is a situation in which nobody wants to talk about this because we don't want to think of the fact that this group of people have created basically a divided nation paradigm, exactly what Otto Kahn said in 1920. He was one of the founding members with Kuhn Lieb of the Federal Reserve Bank in 1913 in the United States. Okay. He had the second largest home in the United States other than the Biltmore State. This guy was super rich, guys, and it was because he had Rothschild money behind him because he was part of the Federal Reserve System. And when they split the people down the middle, they can control both sides of the narrative exactly like they said they were going to do. Remember, 
you know, Trump had in his pocket, Netanyahu, Likud, uh, Adelson. Now, Adelson's gone. Now we got Soros in the middle of it. And, you know, we don't even know what's going on with any of these guys. They basically make everything look sideways so you can't try to figure out what's happening. Now, so let's take a look at what's happening right now with this illusion they've put us in. This, this mind spell is what it is. You know, we found out now that, you know, basically Jeff Bezos <laughs> – <laughs> Guys, stay with me. I'm fixing to tie some circles together here. Jeff Bezos is 57 years old. He's a cutout for Amazon. He does not own Amazon. I don't believe he even founded Amazon. Or if he did find Amazon, he was basically given a whole bunch of money by a whole bunch of international banking cartels to push Amazon to where it was and to where it is. And he basically isn't controlling the money with Amazon. He's a figurehead. He's called a cutout. He now writes a letter to his 1.3 million Amazon employees, insisting he isn't retiring and wants to focus on passions. What the heck does that mean? Including space and climate change. As he steps down as CEO, listen to this, guys, Jassy is going to take over. Now, what do you think about this? Now, this is Jassy, the guy who basically blew up Parler, Andy Jassy. So you think, well, who is Andy Jassy and what does he do? Well, it's, it's kind of hard to get information on these guys. It, I mean, it really is because you try to dig into them, and they don't say a lot. If you go to Wikipedia and you say, well, who is Andy Jassy? What's he involved with? Well, he was born in Jan on January the 13th, 1968, Wikipedia. He's an American businessman, CEO of Amazon Web Services. He's also one of the minority owners of the Seattle Kraken of the National Hockey League. Jassy has led the AWS since its inception in 2003, and Jassy will replace Jeff Bezos as CEO of Amazon in the third quarter of 2021, and Bezos will become executive chairman. Right? See, well, who is this Jassy guy? Because they're not giving us any background on him or any information on him and who he is and what he did. So what you got to do, you got to dig in and you got to start looking at Jassy, and you got to say, well, who is this guy? Well, then you find out. Here's another good article that Elena Kaplan and Andrew Jassy, this is the same guy, basically are getting married. And it basically goes into detail. It says Elaine Rothschild Chaplin, a daughter of Louise B. Kaplan of Los Angeles and George B. Kaplan of Beverly Hills, was married last evening to, in Santa Monica to Andrew R. Jassy, a son of Marjorie and Everett J. Jassy, L. Jassy of Scarsdale, New York, Rabbi James Brandt. Okay. A cousin of the bride officiated at Lowe's Santa Monica Beach Hotel. All right, so now we know that he basically is going to be a, probably a hardcore Zionist. And now they're actually taking this, this, this veil off of this, and they're showing who's going to be running and has probably been running for a long, long time, Amazon. Well, then we find out that it was Jassy, who was the head guy, who turned around and busted Parler and took Parler down. Yeah, Jassy was the one who did that, took him off the Amazon servers. So you think, okay, well, now, that, does that mean that Jassy has been the one who's been running Amazon for an extended period of time? Yeah, probably. He's probably the head guy. He's probably the brains as far as running the organization. Jeff Bezos, if you ever listen to him speak, it's very difficult to him to get past a third-grade education as far as vocabulary. But it just is what it is. I'm not going to pick on him for that. But the reality is this. So now we've got Parler being taken down. Well, then you got to jump one more notch, and you got to look at what happened with Parler. The CEO of Parler basically says that he was fired <laughs> by the Rebecca Mercer Control Board. 
You think, well, who in the world is the Rebecca Mercer Control Board? Well, John Matz, the CEO of the beleaguered Twitter competitor Parler, has been fired by the board of directors amid a highly contentious period for the conservative-friendly platform. Remember, Parler exploded. It would have been bigger than Twitter, and it would have been as big as Facebook if it had been let go. But they stopped it. Now, on January 29th, 2021, the Parler board controlled by Rebecca Mercer, this is a quote, decided to immediately terminate my position as CEO of Parler. I did not participate in this decision, wrote Matz, in a statement obtained by Fox Business. I understand that those who now control the company have made some communications to employees to another third parties that have unfortunately created confusion and prompted me to make this public statement. Now, so he got booted out of Parler. He's the one who was basically controlling Parler as far as allowing it to be an open platform for conservative speech. Well, you got to think yourself a question. Well, how in the world did this happen, and who in the world are these people that are involved in this, and who is Mercer? And so what we have to look at is with who Mercer is. Robert Mercer, who's the father who had the money. Now listen to this. He, he's a Jewish-born American hedge fund manager. Former principal investor in the now defunct Cambridge Analytical. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did, didn't I? Cambridge Analytical is one that I just mentioned earlier that basically was using people's personal information to sway the election in 2016 plus all kinds of other nefarious things. Now, here's the interesting link. Cambridge Analytical and Mossad and Black Cube are all tied together and use the same types of platforms and procedures. Now, Black Cube is the Israeli super-secret intelligence organization that gains and gathers data from everywhere and everyone that basically has been linked multiple times to other nefarious activities. Well, Cambridge Analytical and Black Cube are linked together as far as what they do and how they've done it, and Mercer is the one who started Cambridge Analytical. And so now you've got to dig into him. This is his daughter who pulled this other man off the board of Parler. So you think, well... This doesn't make any sense. Well, you got to go back to the to the billionaire. You got to figure out who this guy is. Here's now. Stay with me. We're fixing to link it right now as to why Parler got yoked. Basically, meet the billionaire family funding Breitbart and Milo Yiannopoulos. Now, Milo Yiannopoulos is this gay guy who used to write for Breitbart and basically claimed to be a conservative, but he really really wasn't. And basically, we have to look at Bob Mercer. He's a quote unquote reclusive billionaire and co-chair of the Hedge Fund Resistant Renaissance Technologies and has been covertly funding numerous right-wing movements for many, many, many years in the U.S. and the U.K. He's a major donor to President Donald Trump campaign and a supporter of Brexit. The Mercer family has also been bankrolling both right-wing media outlet Breitbart and former contributor Milo Yiannopoulos through their foundation, the Mercer Family Foundation. Now, this is the group right now that was basically putting together Parler, and this is the group right now that has destroyed Parler by taking down the CEO. So we have to ask ourselves a simple question. During the 26th presidential campaign, Mercer was initially a major supporter of Ted Cruz. He gave Ted Cruz $11 million. So then he decided to switch his campaign support Trump. Now, what we have to understand is that the Mercer family, they're fervent. I mean, they're absolutely incredible, hardcore Zionists and supporters of Israel. Whoa. In fact, during his presidential primary campaign, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz made support for Israel a major plank of the platform. Why? Because of the Mercer's money. Similar, both Mercer founded Breitbart and Milo 
have consistently pushed a Zionist worldview and support for Israel's nationalist prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as opposition to extremism in Islamism in the United States and globally. And so we need to understand who these guys are and what they believe and what they do. But I just tied it all together to you. I just tied the entire thing with Amazon together with what happened with Parler, who funded Parler, who fired the CEO of Parler, and how it's all tied back to Zionism. I can't do it any more clearly than that. This is the group that runs the world. It always has been and it always will be. In fact, there's another article. It says former Mossad chief joins the controversial Black Cube firm. Yeah, because it's all tied together in one little neat package. Black Cube has been accused of trying to discredit Obama officials for Trump's withdrawal from the Iran deal. Former Israeli Mossad chief Ephraim Haliviv has joined the private intelligence firm Black Cube as a member of the board of directors and senior advisor on operational intelligence matters. Daily Yedidioth Antioprof reported Sunday. Boy, did I butcher that. And so we have to understand who these guys are and what they believe. This is an article from a couple years ago. Now, but here's the point I'm trying to make. It's always the international bankers. Always. Every time you dig under the rock far enough and you try to figure out who's controlling world events and what's going on, it's these clowns. It's the wiles of the devil. That's why I read Ephesians at the beginning of this little conversation I'm doing with you today. It's the wiles of the devil. They're always out there to come rob, kill, steal, destroy, and basically deceive. And this is where we find ourselves. We dig a little bit into this. We find out who the Mercer family is. We find out they're linked to Cambridge Analytical. We find that's linked to Black Cube. We find out they're the ones who fired the CEO of Parler, and they're also the ones who basically did the Cambridge, Cambridge Analytical, and they're also the ones who supported Donald Trump, and they're also hardcore Zionists. So here we are. It's always this group. Why? Because it goes back to the very first thing I said when I started my rant on this, what Mayor Amsel Bauer said, Rothschild said. I don't care who makes the laws if I control the money. That's where we are right now. So if they want to short the holy living poopy out of the doggone gold markets with naked paper shorts and also silver, they just do that. So Austin's right about what he said also. Take physical delivery. You keep taking physical delivery in the silver markets, which are unbelievably sold out and bought out and everything else right now. What's going to happen is... They won't be able to control it anymore. And all of a sudden, we'll see that this kingmaker, these king people, have no clothes. And that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we have to continue to pray, like I prayed yesterday and talked to you guys about the word of God. And we need to realize that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he warned us about these people in the book of John when he said they were the children of the devil. And that the father was Lucifer. This is exactly what he's talking about. These, these are the snake people. Okay, They worship a snake. And, and this problem with all of this stuff, guys, is they claim to be Jews, but they are not. They are the synagogue of Satan. That's what the word of God says in Revelation. These guys are Satanists. I had this, I had this discussion with Tex Mars. I was interviewing him one time on the Power Hour that I was basically doing for Joyce when she was basically you know, coming down, had, trying to treat her cancer before she died. And, and Tex and I got into an argument. He said, you know, he said, it's always all the Jews. It's all the Jews. It's all the Jews. I said, no, it's not all the Jews. The vast majority of the Jews don't know what's going on any more than we do. I said, it's the doggone Satanists that run the planet and have done so since Genesis chapter 6, have done so 
with all of their satanic sacrifices and all the other weird stuff these guys are involved in. That's who does it. George Bush is involved in this. He's not Jewish. The Clintons aren't Jewish. Barack Obama is not Jewish. Trump, eh, probably Jewish, but I don't know. I've heard he's converted, but I don't know. But the reality is this. We have to look at what's going on, and we have to take a look at it. I was this morning, I was digging through this web of deceit and treachery and all the stuff with Cambridge Analytical and all the stuff with Parler and all the stuff with this Mercer family and all the stuff with Amazon, how it's all directly linked together. I looked at my, head, my wife. I just put my head in my hands, and I shook my head, and I said, what a mess. I said, it's always the same people doing all of this stuff. Guys, the intelligence agencies, the CIA, Mossad, MI6, are the ones that are slinging the $1.5 trillion worth of heroin out of Afghanistan every year. They're the ones that are using the C-130 transport planes of the United States Air Force to deliver to a thousand lily pad bases that have no customs declaration or inspection all over the world to organize crime, the drugs coming out of Afghanistan. We are controlled by the international criminal cartels who basically only answer to the international banking cartels who basically laundered their money through the international banks. That's who's running the planet. That's why it's so difficult to make change when you find out that Donald Trump was basically brought out of bankruptcy, bought out of bankruptcy by Rothschild, Inc. back in 1989. You kind of go, what the heck? Really? Yeah, it's always the same group that's running the world affairs. And they they were brilliant in setting up the Schofield Bible 110 years ago with Samuel Untermeyer and Schofield through the Oxford Press and sending this stuff to all of the universities Christian universities and seminaries around the world for free to promote their agenda so that the Christians would be taken out. They were brilliant in getting the Johnson Amendment to be passed back in the 50s and making churches 5013C corporations. They were brilliant in all of this to tell the pastors they couldn't talk about political aspects of anything. Otherwise, they would lose their 5013C status, lose their lifestyle, probably lose their churches, and basically not be able to preach. So they were able to muzzle effectively the pulpit, to not allow the pulpit to come in and talk about the wiles of the devil, not to talk about Genesis chapter 6, not to talk about the Federal Reserve Bank, not to talk about all these other things that we discuss on a regular basis on this show because somebody's got to talk about it. And, And apparently we're one of the only shows that actually discuss this. But this is what we have to understand, that Jesus is the answer. Prayer is the answer. If we, and I said this yesterday, I'm going to say it again, we'll humble ourselves as a nation and we will have a revival and we will bring back Christ and we will allow ourselves to once again be the God-fearing nation that we once were, other than the Masonic influence back in the 1700s. That was disgusting. But if we can bring us back to the point where we see Jesus as the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith and understand that, we could change this country. We really can. We get these Masons out of power. We can get these bankers out of power. We can get these pedophiles out of power, and we can fix this mess. But we've got to stick together, and we've got to realize that without Christ, we're in a mess. But through Christ, we can do all things. Austin, what do you think? That's extremely well said. And also on top of that, people have to start being proactive. 
people actually have to get off the couch and do something. I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of our friends, a lot of our health masters customers, they're extremely influential in the communities. I get emails and I talk to local people all the time about different stuff people are doing, and there's no question about it. I mean, you you have to start making changes at the base level in order to have any type of considerable change up ahead. It's like if you're building a house. You know, I've been working on my house still. I'm living it now, but still been working on the other parts of it for the last, you know, two and a half years now. I've been building it. And pretty much finishing up everything now. And, you know, I learned at the very beginning phases, first custom home I ever built, and the beginning phases of it is that you have to have a footer. (laughs) And then you have to have a slab. And you have to have a great foundation to start everything on. Because if you build a crappy foundation and you don't compact the dirt properly and you don't build a good footer, and all of a sudden you start setting block on it, well, it may hold up for a little bit. Well, then you start setting big, heavy trusses on it. Everything starts shifting and falling apart. Well, that's the concept that we have right now. We have to start doing stuff at local areas. We have to start being proactive. What we're seeing now is nothing more than a full-blown attack on all, all of not only our civil and constitutional liberties, but our God-given rights. You see now when the bumbling buffoon in office wrote this federal mandate about, you know, 100 days of mask wearing for all federal buildings. Well, of course, you know, I've told everybody this, and I, you know, I hate to sound like I told you so because I've been one of the most militant, aggressive individuals when it comes to not wearing a mask that I know. Me and Dad have been extremely militant about this. Anybody that's ever hangs around me usually gets grossly embarrassed when we go somewhere because of how aggressive I am about it and how now I simply just don't even tolerate it at all anymore when people try to force me into something. And remember last year, if you guys remember the shows from last year, back from April and May, when the context and the concept of mask wearing first came out, and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that right now. You know, I'm, just, I'm not really feeling that. I've, I've got an immune system for a reason. I hammer vitamin C and D3 for a reason. And remember, at that point, it was in its infancy. People was kind of like a people just did it to do it. And then all of a sudden it kind of started escalating, and then you started having states come in and say, well, it's highly recommended. Then you have states come in and say, hey, we're mandating it if you're basically in a business or you're walking around inside of a store. You need to have it on. Then it came into a, well, you have to have it on all the time now. Then it came to, oh, if you're not wearing a mask, you basically are going to be refused service. And they said, but but if you have a medical condition, remember, you have a medical condition We'll let you through. So then most of the time, that was very easy. Thing. Said, uh, can I not come in if I have a medical condition? Oh, you got. if you have a medical exemption, it's fine, whatever. And half the time, they didn't even care. Well, then it escalated from that. Now, there's been numerous instances where people will downright, flat out, almost insult me even when I say I have a medical exemption. Don't care. You have to wear a mask. Don't care. You don't care about the ADA. Don't care about the ADA. You can't do anything about it. You can't wear a mask. you got to leave. And it's like – Okay, wow. Well, I will definitely take my business elsewhere. And it was interesting. The other day, I went to Rooms to Go to look at some furniture. I told her about this the other day. And I said, I walked in there, sat down on the couch. And me and Landon were looking at some furniture for a room in our house. And I just wanted to kind of look at some stuff and look at some numbers. And the sales guy comes up. He goes, hey, guys, do you need a mask? And I'm sitting on the couch. So I'm, you know, I'm being pretty passive. I'm not you know, in an argument or anything. I'm just chilling out at the end of the day. I said, no, no, thank you, bud. I said, I, I have medical exemptions, my wife and I. I said, I, I want to buy something. And he goes, oh, oh. And then he, like, turns around. I'm like, okay. Well, 30 seconds later, this big dude comes over. I'm the manager. You need to wear a mask. He's got a big box with mask in it. And I said, no, I'm not wearing a mask. I said, I'm very healthy. On top of that, I have a medical exemption. 
He goes, well, you have to wear a mask if you're going to shop here. I said, no, I don't have to wear a mask, my friend. I said, so stop telling me to wear a mask. I have a medical exemption. Well, if you could not wear a mask, you have to leave. I stood up, pulled out my wallet, and I said, I was coming in here to buy a bunch of couches today. But I have now found that my money and my person is not welcome here. You guys have a wonderful day. I will never be back in this store ever again. I left. And as I walked out, you could see the sales guy. Even behind his mask, he had like the most just depressed look on his face. And so we ended up going to Cane's, and they were super cool. They didn't bring up anything over there. They had a sign on the store, you know, mask required. We walked in. Didn't even say anything to us, but then he asked if we want a mask. Oh, hey, what are you guys doing? What are you guys looking for? What are you interested in? Nothing. Whole time. Great customer service. I said, oh, sweet, okay. I like some stuff here. And see, the thing about it is everybody has to start voting with their wallets with this. I've, I've shaved off probably about three-quarters of the companies that I've ever gone to now. To be honest with you, I have. I won't even support them anymore. Won't, I will not give them a single penny out of my wallet. Why? Because they do not respect my right to consent. You absolutely, without a doubt, have a right to wear a mask. You have a right to wear a gas mask, as far as my opinion, if you're really concerned about it. Double viral can respirator, 850. Go for it. I don't care. You're more than welcome to do so. But I also have that right not to wear a mask. I have that right to breathe fresh air. Why do I need to wear a mask if I'm perfectly healthy? This has been the biggest lie ever perpetrated in the 20th century, in my opinion, is that asymptomatic spreaders are causing it. Everybody that's not wearing a mask is causing the spread of this. No, they're not. There's no scientific evidence at all. In fact, there's actually been contrary to that. They did a research study with over 10 million individuals they researched over in China over the last eight months. And they looked at individuals that tested positive that basically were asymptomatic, had no symptoms. They tracked them around their home as far as in the individuals that basically they're involved in their family, individuals that live directly with them. Zero. Zero asymptomatic spreading cases. Zero. Well, you already know the PCR test is flawed. So most of these cases that people are testing positive, they're probably not even positive with it at all. The context that we have a virus that's so deadly, that's so dangerous, that's so aggressive, that's so contagious that I have to get a test to find out if I even have it because I have no symptoms is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in science before. It's idiotic. There's zero scientific backing to, to, to basically support that argument. Well, now, going to what I was going to now, the CDC has now come out now, not by law, but by emergency mandate, now added on to the executive order that you are not allowed to go anywhere in public transport in the entire United States without a face covering. They said if you haven't been wearing a facial covering on public transit, airlines are in federal buildings, they officially tell you to mask up or else starting February 1st. This order doesn't just apply to those actually using public transit. According to the direct wording of this new order from the CDC, it applies to anyone awaiting, boarding, disembarking, or traveling on any airplane, ship, ferry, train, subway, bus, taxi, or rideshare as they are traveling into, within, or out of the United States or U.S. territories. So if you're sitting at a bus stop by yourself, you have to wear a mask. You get off a train, keep that mask on. You plan to ride an Uber, mask up. And here's the best part. The mask must be a type that's acceptable to the federal government and must fit well and be a double-layered cloth mask. It cannot be a bandana, a scarf, a ski mask, a baklava, or even a face shield. None of that. Those that are found not to be in compliance will be removed from public transportation and will be told they also will face federal civil charges and fines. Joe Biden said he wants to have 100 million Americans vaccinated in the next 100 days. 
And what? What does that mean? What is that supposed to mean now? As we already know, this is not going to stop. And this is what I've told everybody about the mask. When everybody said, Austin, it's just a mask. Just wear a mask. Stop being so militant. I I heard that dozens of times last year. I'd be around people. Dude, why do you have to be so rebellious? Why are you doing this? Why do you have to act like this? You're making a scene. I said, I'm making a scene because I have the right to consent. That concept has eluded a vast majority of the population for some reason. You have a right to say no. That is a God-given right. Nobody has the right to tell you to strap a face diaper on yourself, reduce your oxygen uptake, and increase your CO2 in your body. Nobody has that right to tell you to do so. And until America finally gets some guts and says, you know what, we're done with this, we're over this, but in fact, it's not the case. Everywhere I go now, I feel like I'm like the lone wolf. I'm literally like the lone ranger walking around. Everybody stares at me. Everybody looks at me. People want to argue with me about it. I'm like, okay, bring it. Let's go. You guys want to start with me? Let's start with me. But I always find this funny. I always find this funny. In almost all the cases, unless it's a business, a big business, like Rooms to Go or something like that, in almost all the cases I've gotten confrontations, it's almost always females. I've noticed that, especially when they're not employees or something like that, like when it's just an individual person in a store. And my theory on this is for the most reason, the same thing Dad has said, any male that has basically been in an altercation or has been in a fight in their life, younger life, older life, whatever, most of them aren't really apt to walk up to you and be like, hey, you, you walking around on the sidewalk by yourself, you need to put a mask on because quite frankly – We've seen now a generation that shows that shows their, by their very behavior they've never been hit in the face before. Anybody that walks around and tries to dictate the ability and dictate the walkings and dictate the very actions of an individual without any just cause shows you they've never been in a serious altercation ever in their life. This is very prevalent now in social media where you see people running their mouths, talking smack, criticizing, putting down, completely and totally belittling people. And I told that to my dad one time. I said, you see this generation now, this Generation X and these teenagers and early tweeners. I said, you can see that they've never been in a fight. I said, because once you've gotten a good couple fights and you've gotten hit a couple times and you've laid some punches and you've taken some back, you realize real quick, that's not really that much fun. If I need to do it, I'll do it. But I don't generally like getting hit in the nose. I never have. And so when you start seeing people walk around, whether they have a mask, they don't have a mask, I'm not going to bother you about it. Believe me alone about it. And now that we're starting to see the federal government step in with the backing of the CDC, say now you cannot travel anywhere in the world or anywhere in the country, which means anywhere in the world. Think about that for a second. Airplanes, ships, ferries, trains, subways, buses, taxis, and rideshares, if you don't wear a mask, you will now be basically exposed to federal civil charges and fines. Man, it's funny. Last summer, everybody's laughing at me. Now everybody's saying, Austin, what do we do? We don't know what to do now. They're forcing us to wear masks everywhere, double-layered masks. We can't breathe through them. Everybody's getting headaches and passing out. Guys, remember what I told you? The mask last year was an enemy 1,000 meters away, and you had a very, very capable rifle like a 50 or a 338 Lapua. Now the vaccines and the mask mandates, my friends, now they're 10 meters on your doorstep. Now it's fix the bayonets. You have no other option but full-blown active civil disobedience and all types of backlash if you don't follow. I still will not follow orders, and I will not submit to this under any circumstances. I encourage you to make your own decisions and find out how far 
your convictions are going to take you on this topic and how far you're willing to go to stand your ground. That's my stance on it, Dan. Well, you know, Austin, we both have been very vocal about this for the past year, and we both warned everybody where it was going, and people said, no, that won't happen, that won't happen. This will all be over with as soon as the election is over with. Uh, no, it's not. It's getting worse. Biden's making it much, much worse than Trump did because that was the agenda. You know, Biden's wife now, Jill Biden, basically is walking around with him everywhere he goes, which is typical when you have somebody who has senile dementia or Alzheimer's disease. If the spouse is with them all the time, they always try to help them whenever they have a short circuit in their brain and try to help them out. Now, the signatures that he's signing on some of these executive orders aren't matching up to his old signatures. So is he really signing the executive orders or somebody else is penciling in his name? Seems kind of silly to me. I mean, I would think that at least get a stamp with his name on it so the signatures would match up. And going back to why women are the ones who primarily are always the ones that basically are doing this, Austin's right. Most women have never been in a fight. They've never been hit in the nose. So they'll walk up to some big old alpha male and start screaming and yelling and cussing at him because they're not wearing a mask. You do that to another alpha male. An alpha male does that to another alpha male. They're calling somebody out, and they're going to get into an altercation. And it's probably going to end up with a pushing charge, push it to start some pushing and, and then some swinging and some punching. I mean, I've seen it so many times. And so this is why it's so important that we all stand our ground. I mean, like I said, if you have to go to the hospital because you've got an emergency, you, you put on a face shield or whatever, who cares? But walking around in public, being at home with your children or, and, and wearing masks or being in a car by yourself wearing masks – we got to get to the point where we're not going to do that. And, you know, Austin and I have never done that. But just stand against this. Don't allow – and if you have to wear a mask because you have a job and because you don't want to lose your job and you don't want to lose your support income, get a face shield. You can buy those for a couple bucks. And at least you can breathe. At least you don't have to worry about getting elevated CO2 levels and to reduce oxygen and increasing your risk of cancer. Get a face shield. That's the, that's the easiest way to do it if you're forced into it and you don't want to be in it. But when you're not being forced and you don't have to do something, don't comply with this. Just don't do it. Just say, no, I'm not going to do this. Very, very important. Really, really important. Because, guys, if they force you to do it or you can't go to the bank, if they force you to do it, you can't go to the grocery store. If they force you to do it, just wear a face shield. It's one of those things. I don't like that. and I, I really don't like even giving you that advice, but it beats the alternative of not being able to buy food for the family or losing your job and can't pay the mortgage. But that's how powerful these bankers are, the ones that we warned you about locked down the country last year. By the way, some good news here. Denzel Washington says – I love Denzel Washington, by the way. He's one of the best actors ever. Love watching his movies. He goes, I quote, I don't care for people who put down the police – and soldiers who sacrifice their lives so we can have freedom to complain about what they do. I like Denzel Washington. He's a great guy. And I will say one more thing, too. He was raised by Christian parents, and I believe his father was a pastor. So he's probably holding back on his values and his life and his love of Jesus Christ. But I would like to believe that he really believes that, because I know he was a pretty good actor in that movie that Austin talked about yesterday, Book of Eli. Guys, I love you. Remember, Jesus is the only answer we have. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and we will be glad of it. Austin, go ahead and finish it up and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And thank you guys again for the continued support 
of Health Masters. If you saw and you heard yesterday, the product of the week with the magnesium is on sale right now for over 10% off the magnesium body bomb on the front webpage, product of the week. Be sure to vote for what you want to see win as well on the website. There's a bunch of new products we've added on there, a bunch of good products, top products we've had on there. And also, too, the food buckets along with the viral protection kit all on the website at Health Masters. Continue to keep the fight up. And like I said before, vote with your dollars on a lot of this stuff. If you have to go somewhere and support a local business, a lot, and I've noticed this, a lot of local privately owned businesses are the ones that don't harass you about mask at all. They respect it because they want to stay in business and they want to make money. The corporate clowns, the ones that basically just dictate policy from the top down and threaten people by force, those are the companies. And you find out real quick which companies those are when they treat clients or customers that are coming in to buy stuff like they're complete and total lepers because they're healthy, strong, alert individuals that don't want to comply with unnatural, unhealthy edicts. So again, I know it's a rough position everybody's in. I get it. I'm there every day. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it is. Every day it's a conflict when you go do something. So I get it. But please continue to keep up the fight. Continue to stand your ground with what's going on. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Talk to you guys again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.